0: Dear God, we just invite you into the space. We uh, just lay down everything that's that's of us, and we just put our eyes on Jesus. Put our eyes on you right now, the Author and Finisher of our faith. Uh, just our, Jesus is our Jesus. You are our Savior. You are are you, are you are the one who made a way for us to come into the presence of God. And so I just that's just what we're doing right now is Jesus made a way for us to just approach His throne, to just approach God's throne, and so. So God, I just ask you to do what only you can do this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to sing an oldie but a goodie to start it. And I want, this is like, we need some, some clapping, so let's see. Like in, in time, you know, if you got rhythm, great. If you don't, look to the person the next to you. They might have rhythm.
1: Stay.
2: No. That's terrible. That is terrible. I thought I'd turn that thing on. Oh well. Hey. Uh,
0: what was that face you made right right
2: after you stopped talking? Like, I did? Yeah. Oh because oh because my mic was off. Was it? Yeah, that's what he said, yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Alright,
0: well you were still on the camera for that face. Oh that's alright. <laughs> so, so, hey they get
2: me they get the raw me no matter what, so <laughs> <laughs> it's alright, it's alright. Hey Michael Go, Stephen AG Harvest. Yeah, sounds good. Welcome, come on back. We're in 2nd Timothy chapter 4. 2nd Timothy chapter 4. So, before we get to 2nd Timothy chapter 4, if you look around on your chairs around you, there are information cards, info cards. If you did not fill those out last week, We're going to take a moment now to give you an opportunity. Just go ahead and fill those things out. It's just helping to update our database so that we can get everybody kind of there and and know who we're serving and ministering with and praying for. Um, So it takes typically three weeks to get everybody in church to do something. So we talked about it last week, and we're talking about it this week, and we will talk about it next week. So... Um, just giving you an opportunity to be a part of our database so you can be a part of the communication that we send out weekly and uh, be a part of what we're doing here week to week. Amen? So sometime uh, during the service, if you can fill that out and then put it in one of the offering boxes here. There's an offering box in the sanctuary on both wall, two walls. And then um, in the loft, there's a box. And on the patio, there's a box as well. So um, good stuff. Lord, as we get into your text today, speak to us, lead us. God, so many of us are already doing the stuff that we're talking about, Lord, but there's, there, I believe there's more to do by your grace as you call us and empower us, Lord. So help us to do the stuff that you're calling us to do, to be about the stuff that you're calling us to be about, Lord God. Be glorified in us and with us and through us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I titled the message today, You Have Work to Do. <laughs> I thought that's off-putting. Work is like a four-letter word. It's like we think it's a curse word, right? It's like when we talk about work that needs to get done, we kind of get all nervous about it and anxious about it, but really this is what we're put in the earth to do to accomplish stuff for the kingdom. Work isn't something to be avoided. Work is something to be enjoyed. It's often where we find our greatest sense of purpose. Uh, It's where we get our provision from, it's where doors of opportunity are opened up to us, growth, new experiences. Some of us need to think differently, reframe work and think about it differently because God does his best work through us when we're humble and submitted and obedient to do what he's called us to do. Um, One coach said this, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. So some people are just gifted with all kinds of abilities academically or whatever it may be, but this is the case. Hard work beats talent. It beats that out when talent doesn't work hard. So even if you've got talent, you need to work hard to develop your talent, to develop your gift set, and to develop who you are as a person. Colin Powell said this, there are no secrets to success. It is the result of preparation, hard work, and learning from failure. We're all going to fail in life. We're all going to fail at work and the things that we attempt. But that is just part of the process. And I think sometimes we're afraid to fail, so we're afraid to step into those things that God is calling us into. Someone else said hard work spotlights the character of people. Some turn up their sleeves. Some turn up their noses. And some don't turn up at all. (laughs) So... So we're going to be talking about work today and what God has called us to do. And so again, we've titled the message, you have work to do. We all have work to do. This is what Paul told Timothy in his letters to Timothy in this letter, and specifically in this chapter, Paul told Timothy, you have work to do. This is what Jesus told his disciples, especially before ascending to the Father, you have work to do. This is what the Bible is telling us from start to finish, Old Testament, New Testament, The Bible tells us we have work to do. So let's take a look at uh, 2 Timothy chapter 4. These are the last uh, anointed words that Paul penned before his execution. So this is what Paul wrote right before he was going to be executed. And he knew that his time was short. He knew that he would be executed. And so imagine the urgency in his heart to make sure that he's communicating the right message before he expires and goes to be with the lord it was important to him that he finish well um a good friend of ours that's been at the church here for the last six or seven years don gainer passed away this tuesday i don't know if everybody heard that don was 82 years old and um he i remember talking to him in the weeks leading up to his passing he said man i just want to finish well I just want to make sure that I finished well. And to him, that meant he wanted to see some things in his family happen. He wanted to experience some things, Um, but mostly he wanted to make sure that his life represented Christ and that he died as a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, taking his last breath and then going to be with the Lord. And that's what he did. He was an incredible man, 82 years old, worked until the end of doing the work of the ministry that God called him to he was in the process of writing a book didn't get a chance to finish that but he also founded a grandparenting ministry here on the Central Coast and um, uh, now we're going to be hosting a grandparenting seminar um, here on the Central Coast uh, here in the next couple months and so it's an opportunity for grandparents to be encouraged in the work that they have to do with their grandkids. Um, helping to disciple the next generation, helping to be an encouragement to the next generation. So this is some of the fruit of Don's life, very little bit of the, the fruit from 82 years of pouring himself into life and ministry as a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. He understood the value of hard work. And now he's receiving his reward. Amen? Amen is so what Paul wrote. I solemnly urge you in the presence of God. This is what Paul wrote to Timothy. I solemnly urge you, you. Hear the urgency, the importance of his statement. I solemnly urge you, the seriousness of it, in the presence of God in, in Christ Jesus. Like, like in in front of God and everybody, this is what I'm communicating. This is what you need to do. I solemnly urge you in the presence of God in Christ Jesus, who will someday judge the living and the dead when he comes to set up his kingdom. He said verse to preach the word of God, preach the word of God. In Bible college, we'd go around saying, preach the word because we're learning how to preach the word, you know? And we'd, so we'd quote 2 Timothy 4 two, preach the word of God. And that was just something we did. And, and it was preparation for something that we plan to do for the rest of our lives. It's, it's God's plan for each of us to be preachers of the word of God in our sphere, in our context in the, with the people that we come in contact with, it's our job to communicate the gospel, to preach the word of God. Be prepared, Paul said, whether the time is favorable or not. And this is what you're supposed to do patiently. Correct, rebuke, and encourage. That's what Paul means when, you, when he says patiently preach the word of God. Do, do it patiently with correction, rebuke, and encouragement. Why do he say patiently? Because people change slowly, right? So I thought about this over the last 18 years of being pastor here at this church. And I thought, man, it's just, it's a long haul assignment. Like I change slowly, people change slowly. And it's just a process of being consistent, teaching God's word and watching what the Holy Spirit will do in somebody's life to bring that person along, uh, convicting them of sin and of righteousness and making them more and more like Jesus and less and less like their old man. So Paul understood Patiently correct when necessary. Correct every time I open up the Word, I feel like the Lord's correcting me, or or even subtly rebuking me for something that's going on in my life, whether it be a thought, a word, an action, some kind of deed. And there's this loving correction and rebuke, and then followed up with encouragement. So we're not meant to just kind of beat people up with the Word and with the truth of God's Word, because God's Word is filled from start to finish with God's encouragement for His people. There's correction, there's rebuke, but there's encouragement. Everything he does is to build us up, to edify us in our most holy faith. So preach the word of God, be prepared. Uh, be prepared. So just be prepared. How do you get prepared? Well, you just... If you, there's something about the Bible that you don't understand. Begin to understand it. Take the time to open up the word of God and get some good commentaries or good counsel about what you're struggling with and watch God open up your mind to the things of God and as he opens up your mind to the things of God, watch the confidence that you, now we're not talking about arrogance, that's not helpful, but confidence is good. Confidence in your ability to communicate the truth so that people understand what you're saying and so you, know, understand, so you understand what you're trying to communicate. So patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. So Paul told Timothy, this is like I'm about to perish. This is what I'm telling you. Jesus, after his earthly life and ministry, after his crucifixion, his burial, his resurrection, and before he goes to the Father in Matthew 28, he said something very similar. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands i have given you and be sure of this i'm with you always even to the end of the age and so as jesus was getting ready to ascend what does he say go make disciples right baptizing them i, I it, it was been it was so exciting on friday night uh, i don't know if, i can't remember if jeremy told this story but there was this family who showed up from southern california maybe he told the story i'll tell it again came up from southern california and they were just hop They just happen to be at the beach, you know, like, you know, by accident, right? No such thing. So they happen to be at the beach and they're seeing this group of people. And then they realize that people are going to get baptized. We're praying, worshiping, and we're heading out to the waters of baptism to baptize people. And so they've got this, their son, Chase, who's 10 years old. And they've been trying to figure out a way to get Chase baptized, but they haven't had the opportunity yet. So they're like, hey, let's get Chase baptized today, so Chase went out there with the crowd, and of course, we didn't know who he was, and we said, hey, what's your name, Chase? Have you given your life to Jesus? Yes. Would you like to get baptized? Yes, and so we got a chance to baptize him, and get, get got to meet his parents, and give him a, a, a shirt, a Harvest Church shirt, and a Harvest Church towel that we give out to those, to get baptized, and really got a chance to bless him, you know, it's that type of thing that God wants to do when we, when we say yes to him. We're, you know, at the beginning of this church service, yes, 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 Lord. The Lord will do so much if we just say yes to him. We were challenged about a year ago um, that we weren't doing, making baptism um, kind of a big enough priority. And so we begin to think about how can we make pri- baptism more of a priority at our church? Because it was, used to be like we do baptisms at Easter or special events, you know, two or three times a year, which was great. But ever since we started making baptism available, like pretty much anytime anybody wants to get baptized, we'll fill up the tank and baptize people. We've baptized uh, almost 40 people this year already. So more than we've ever baptized in a single year. And we're only in, what month are we in? Like August or September? What month is this? Is this still August? <laughs> Losing track. It's summer's over. So when we're intentional about being used by the Lord and doing what he's asked us to do, fruitfulness begins to follow, and um, it's just a beautiful, beautiful thing. So Jesus, as the living word, and Paul, as the guy who spent his life writing the inspired word of God, and then their last instruction to us was to preach the word of God. So Jesus and Paul, and they're like, hey, we're getting ready to go to the Lord. Um, Preach the word. Paul was ready to go long before this. Like when I say ready to go, like he was ready to go. Like he had been stoned. Remember he drug outside the city, left for dead. People gathered, the believers gathered around him. He got up, and went back to the city. Remember he was shipwrecked at one point. Remember he got snake bitten at another point. Like he was, he has been through it in the earth. Like he had been suffering persecution for his faith and uh, he said, hey, it's it's. I'm ready to go. In Philippians 1, 23 and 24, I'm torn between two desires. I long to go and be with Christ, which would be far better for me. But for your sake, it's better that I continue to live. Why? So that he could continue the work, that four-letter word, that work that God had called him to, that work that we so often try to avoid because it's uncomfortable and it requires something of us before leaving. Paul had work to do. And now in this passage, he is passing the baton to us. Now we have work to do. Number one in your notes, do what you are called to do now. (laughs) Do what you're called to do now. Why? Why must we do this work now? Because verse three says, for a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching, they won't have an appetite for it. They won't want to listen to it. The sound and wholesome teaching that brings correction, rebuke, and encouragement. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. This is going to be the attitude and the perspective of people in church and people in the world. They're not going to want to hear correction, rebuke, and encouragement. So while we have the opportunity, we have this responsibility to preach the Word of God, to correct, rebuke, and encourage with all truth, filled with the Holy Spirit as God leads. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. This is what is happening in our day and age now. It's going to happen with increasing uh, normalcy. It's just going to be the thing. For the next two weeks, we're going to be talking about work, and we're going to be giving you an opportunity to work within the church. Beginning next week, Christy Suiza will be up here, and she'll begin to present work opportunities for people within the body of christ and then because it takes a while for people to kind of uh, think about it and sign up we're going to do it the following week as well and there's going to be opportunity for everybody to sign up for a particular ministry whatever you're gifted or called or whatever you feel like you're led to do i talked with a gal after service and she said how can i get involved I said, what do you want to do? I said, how about teaching Sunday school? She said, that scares me to death. I said, well, maybe that's a good place for you then. She said, well, what else do you have? (laughs) I said, well, how about if you clean? You want to clean the church? She said, I'd love to clean the church. So I said, well, go talk to Jolene and she'll get you on the cleanup list. And so there's going to be opportunity for... Uh, platform ministry where you're playing an instrument or helping to lead worship, behind-the-scenes ministry where you're at the computers or the soundboard doing that sort of thing or doing live feed in another space altogether. Uh, you can clean. You can work with youth. You can work with kids. You can work with young adults. You can work with uh, college-age ministry. These are all areas, fifth and sixth graders. Uh, there, These are all different ministry opportunities. You can be involved in men's Uh, leadership women's leadership there's all kinds of opportunities for people to get involved with so next week and the following week there's going to be sign up opportunities and so be ready to get plugged in as the lord leads into the area of work that god has called you to be involved in so do what you're called to do now like we tend to put off these important things maybe you you're kind of your new year's resolution for 2021 was to get busy doing the work that god had called you to do but now here we're halfway through over halfway through and you still haven't done that now it's an opportunity for you to be involved it's really going to be very very good especially if you're new to the church because you're going to get a chance to meet all kinds of new people, people that you can work with and be encouraged by and encourage. And, and it's just going to be really good. So, number one, do what you are called to do now. Number two, do what you are called to do without fear. This is what Paul wrote, for uh, 2 Timothy 4 5. But you should keep a clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid, don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry God has given you. As for me, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God and the time of my death is near. So Paul worked and Paul suffered persecution, but he didn't allow that fear of persecution to hinder his work. He worked fearlessly as a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, you and I most likely will not suffer for serving the Lord. Although we prayed for Afghanistan because the underground church is suffering persecution this very moment. Christians are being killed. Heard the story that the Taliban are going into homes. And if you have a Western phone number in your phone, in your contacts list, they will kill you on the spot. Any connection to the West which would be the U.S., and you are killed on the spot. This is real stuff that's happening like right now, today. And so Paul understood persecution. We don't understand it yet, but I have a feeling we will be understanding it soon. Not to put fear into anybody, but just the reality of the situation. It's not going to get better. It's going to get worse for the church in the West As for me, Paul said, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. The time of my death is near. So don't be afraid of suffering persecution for the most part now, unless you go to another country or somewhere else where the persecution is real right now. But I would say you should be afraid of being inconvenienced. I should say you shouldn't be afraid of being inconvenienced. That's really the biggest obstacle to our serving is that we don't want to be inconvenienced, right? We live in a pretty posh part of the country where we can pretty much do what we want to do. And a big part of our um, freedoms here is just the conveniences that we enjoy. And honestly, when you sign up to serve, you're going to be inconvenienced, right? And uh, that's a pretty small price to pay, to be a part of what god is doing here in the earth so i'd say don't be afraid of being inconvenienced don't be afraid of the work involved you can handle the work you can handle it don't be afraid of commitment that's another big thing well if i sign up to usher or greet on Sunday morning that means I have to actually be there at church on Sunday morning and what if I wake up on Sunday morning and I'd rather go to the beach or I'd rather go to breakfast or I'd rather do whatever it is if I'm committed that means I've got to go and so don't be afraid of commitments. embrace the commitment and know that God will bless you for doing it and don't be afraid of failure either uh, often we, we're afraid to sign up or commit because we we're afraid that we won't do a good job well that's all right if you don't do a good job go back and try again right uh, we're, we're not talking about rocket science stuff we were saying do you want to clean do you want to change a diaper do you want to whatever it may be you know keep the grounds clean they're they're an opportunity and often the enemy will say well you can't do that because you you know you're not skilled or you're not going to follow through or whatever don't don't be afraid of failure Don't be afraid of responsibility. Be afraid of missing out. Fear of FOMO. FOMO, fear of missing out. Don't be afraid of that. If you're going to be afraid of anything, fear that, right? Be afraid that you're going to miss out. Be afraid of falling short of fulfilling your potential, right? Be, Be afraid of that. Like, if you've got potential in life, you need to realize, you need to realize that potential. If you're Old and you still haven't realized your potential, you need to be out there realizing your potential. It's one thing to say to a little guy, he is full of potential or she is full of potential. But to be older and still have unrealized potential, man, don't let your life end that way. Be afraid of falling short of fulfilling your potential. Be afraid of not being fruitful. Be afraid of slipping into selfishness. Be afraid of disobedience. Be afraid of standing before God one day and giving an account for your life. Or how about how about not living with fear at all? How about God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and of love and of sound mind? How about if we, out of obedience to God, live without fear because we know we're doing everything that he's called us to do? Like there's nothing that we won't say yes to. How about living that life where we say, Lord, whatever it is that you call me to do, I am saying yes to you. And with that kind of life, there's no fear because God is on the throne of your life, and you know you're doing what God has called you to do. Be faithful, obedient. Keep your conscience clear by saying, yes, Lord. Before I even know what the ask is, Lord, the answer is yes. Why wouldn't it be, Lord? You're the Lord of my life. You're the king of my life. You're in charge of my life. I'm submitted to you. We all have work to do, I was talking to a guy before a second service started, and he's like, "Hey, there's this guy. I want to go minister to him. Is it all right if I go minister to him?" I said, "Yes. The answer is yes. Go minister." But he didn't want to. He didn't want to step out of uh, you know under. He didn't want to be out of line. And I said, "Listen, from here on forward." Minister to anybody that you want to minister to. Pray for people. Encourage people. You are released in Jesus' name to minister in Jesus' name. Now, if you start doing weird stuff, we'll call you on it. But pray for people. Love people. Um, Work with people. Encourage people. Do the work that God has called you to do. And do it, number three, faithfully. Faithfully. So that just means, Lord, I, I think you're calling me to do this. I'm going to go do this. And if you're not called to it, God will make that clear. He'll, if you've misheard, God will make that clear. But you, I'd rather go down swinging like, and miss the ball than not swinging at all. When I played Little League Baseball and I'd strike out, my buddies would be all excited. Hey, way to go down swinging. I'm like, I struck out. They're like, but you didn't go down without swinging. And I began to, to realize it matters, the effort that we put into it. If we go down swinging, at least we went down trying, even if we missed the ball. It's okay, right? Now, if you are playing golf and you miss the ball, that's not celebrated. That's just like you lifted your head, you didn't keep your eye on the ball, and you didn't do good. So there's some things we don't celebrate, but... So do what you're called to do faithfully. Paul said this, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race, and I have remained faithful. You know how you remain faithful? Just keep saying yes to God. Just keep saying yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Do it now. Or do it without fear. Do it faithfully. Say yes, Lord. And now, Paul writes, and now the prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness. This This is what we're all headed for right here, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but for all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. And then we see Paul's final words. And in his final words, we begin to see what keeps us from doing the work we're supposed to be doing. Paul was faithful, but others around him struggled with faithfulness. This is what he writes. Timothy, please come as soon as you can. Demas has deserted me because he loves the things of this life and has gone to Thessalonica, Cretans has gone to Galatia, and Titus has gone to Dalmatia loving the things of this life will keep us from doing the work that we're supposed to do so there are things real life obstacles to our success in doing the things that god has called us to loving the things of this life is part of it now i think we're supposed to love this life i think we're supposed to love what god is doing in our lives love the people in our lives love the relationships love the work and hobbies and all that kind of stuff But if the love of this world, the love of this life is hindering our ability to love God fully, being fully obedient to do what God has asked us to do, then our love is misplaced. We need to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and everything else will be added unto us. So we need to seek first God, love first God, and trust him with everything else. Verse 11 says, only Lucas, with me. Bring Mark with you when you come, for he will be helpful to me in my ministry. I sent Tychicus to Ephesus, and when you come, be sure to bring the coat I left with Carpus at Troas. Also bring my books, and especially my papers, my parchment. Alexander the coppersmith did me much harm, but the Lord will judge him for what he has done. Be careful of him, for he fought against everything we said. Something else that keeps us from doing the will of God and the work that God has called us to do is opposition. Uh, Alexander the coppersmith was opposing Paul's work. He recognized that it was an opposition. He recognized that he was a problem and that he was trouble. He warned others about Alexander the coppersmith and Paul went about his business doing what God had called him to do. Often we're derailed because there's opposition. There's always going to be opposition when we're trying to do what God has asked us to do, whether it be real human opposition, a guy like Alexander, the coppersmith, or it's other opposition, um, relational opposition, time confinements and restrictions, things we might need to reassess our lives and do some other things less so that we can invest ourselves more in the kingdom. My daughter was super, has been super busy lately. And I told Jolene, my wife, I said, why is Leslie always so busy? And she looked at me and she said, because she takes after you. I said, oh, that kind of hurts. But the reality is that we can get so busy that we can miss the best that God has for us. So what is it that we need to eliminate from, from our lives seemingly good things, busy things that are keeping us from doing the very best that God has called us to do? The enemy is really good at keeping us busy doing, you know, things, but missing the very most important things that God is calling us to. Alexander the coppersmith did me much harm, Paul wrote, but the Lord will judge him for what he has done. Be careful of him, for he fought against everything we said. The first time I was brought before the judge, no one came with me. Everybody abandoned me. May it not be counted against them. I love Paul's heart. He's like, I was abandoned by these people, but may the Lord not hold it against them. As I was worshiping first service, I really felt challenged in my spirit that I was holding something against someone in my heart, and I couldn't worship first service. I was like, Lord, why can't I worship? And I felt like the Lord said, because of this. And I said, oh. I said, Lord, forgive me. I repent. I forgive. I extend grace. And it was like a, a load had been lifted off. We we can never minister effectively if our heart is not in the right place. If we're not being humble and extending the same grace that has been extended to us to others, we we can never minister effectively and, and with longevity, the way that God has called us to effectively and fruitfully unless our hearts are in the right place. And so whenever the Lord challenges your heart, don't be offended, be humble, say, Lord, yes, you're right. You're right, Lord, I, I, I don't want to... Be angry with that person or hold a grudge against that person or be disappointed with that person any longer. I just want to let that go. So, there's all kinds of things that will keep us from doing what God has called us to do, the work that He's called us to do, and quitting. Quitting when things get difficult is part of that. That's so, what I mean. Paul said, Everybody has abandoned me. Well, may not be counted against them. First time I was brought before the judge, he said, I'm being brought before the judge, and everybody left me. When things get difficult, the temptation is to quit. By God's grace, we can stay in the fight. By God's grace, we can keep going. By God's grace, we can finish well. But it's only done by God's grace. And so we've got to stay humble, teachable, available to God. We've got to stay in the word. We've got to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We've got to allow God to do what he wants to do in our lives. And then, and only then, will, be, will we be able to do the work that he's called us to with longevity and with faithfulness. What will keep us from doing work, the work we're supposed to be doing? Uh, I think this one is common, too. We forget that God is the one who calls and strengthens his people for the work they are called to do. And i kind of been dancing around that, tiptoeing around that. Verse 17 Paul wrote, but the Lord stood with me. (laughs) Everybody else abandoned me, but the Lord stood with me. You, You have this confidence. You have this assurance. You have this promise from the Lord that he will never leave you nor forsake you. He didn't leave Paul in his desperate times. The Lord stood with me and gave me strength so that I might preach the good news in its entirety for all the Gentiles to hear. And he rescued me from certain death. Yes, And the Lord will deliver me from every evil attack and will bring me safely into his kingdom, his heavenly kingdom. All glory to God forever and ever. Amen. Then verse 19, give my greetings to Priscilla and Aquila. So there were people that stuck with him. A bunch of people left, but now he's recognizing those who are faithful. Give my greetings to Priscilla and Aquila and those living in the household of Onesiphorus. Erastus stayed at Corinth, and I left uh, Trophimus uh, sick at Miletus. i got to slow down. I'm trying to say too much. Do your best to get here before winter. Eubulus sends you greetings, and so do Putin's Linus, Claudia, and all the brothers and sisters. May the Lord be with your spirit, and may his grace be with all of you. These are Paul's last inspired penned words. He said, you have work to do, do it now, do it without fear, do it faithfully. With that, let's go ahead and stand up. We're going to invite the worship team forward. We're going to sing some more, and then um, we will have some fellowship afterward. And then we can go have lunch and do all that kind of fun stuff. So thank you, Lord, for this time. We love you. Lord, continue just to establish your truth in our hearts and minds, Lord. And as you establish that truth in our hearts and minds, Lord God, that we would be obedient to it. We'd say yes to it, Lord, with a big old smile on our face. We'd say, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's worship.